Okay, today's um, title is called God Knows the End from the Beginning. Yeah. He really does. And this title, it's really helped me because the journeys that I've been through in life, I have to keep reminding myself, God knows the end from the beginning. He's the only one that does. I'm not God, you know. There's so many people think they know the end, but no. He knows the end. He knows how things are going to be for every single one of us. He knows what we're going to say next. He knows what we're going to do. He knows the different journeys that we're going through. He knows the end result of everything we're going through. So we just need to just trust him in everything we do. I remember speaking to somebody recently and they said to me, because they were going through his stuff and they said to me, it'd be nice for me to know what's going to happen at the end. Then I can just rest in him. And I'm like, if only. Because what he wants us to do is trust him. And as we build that trust, our journey of faith will continue to grow. And my prayer is that as we go through, as I speak today, that each of us will receive the revelation of how to trust him and to know that whatever we're going through, he knows the end already. We just need to trust him and walk with him in everything we're doing. Even though sometimes things may seem a bit dark, he knows what's going to happen. It's like... This week, actually, um, I'm sure many of us will be watching the football, the World Cup. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, every time, I think, that, I can't remember which game it was, and, oh, who was it? There was a team, two teams that were playing, and they scored. It was two goals, and Mecca said, oh, that's it. And I was like... It's not over yet. And what do you know? We went to, they went to penalty. <laughs> and I think the team ended up winning, if I'm correct. They lost. No, sorry, no, sorry. The team lost. That's what I meant to say. The team lost. And I said, and even yesterday, when England and France were playing, I actually wanted England to win. My household, I won't tell you who they wanted to win. I had to tell them to keep the noise down because we're in England. <laughs> we're not French. <laughs> and they know that. So please just keep the noise down. But I kept saying, it's not over until the game is over. You don't know who's going to win. So sometimes things do not seem as though they're going to go well. But wait until the end because God knows the end from the beginning. Okay. Okay. Isaiah 46, verse 9 to 10. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Verse 10. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done. Saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. In this portion of scripture, God is declaring who he is. 
God is telling his people through the prophet Isaiah that he knows what the end will be. He knows the end of every matter. From the beginning, he knows what's going to happen. Just as, he knows the, just as we know what's happening at the beginning, he knows what the end will be. He's involved in every situation because he's the one that's orchestrating it. He knows the end from the beginning. And the way God works is, because he knows the end from the beginning, we should trust in him. And we know who he is because he knows everything. So therefore, our journey should be us trusting him, having that peace that he will do the things as his word said he pleases. God knows the encyclopedia of me from A to Z. He knows what I'm going to say, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it, even before I've even said it. He knows what we're going to do tomorrow, how we're going to be feeling. He knows everything. So who are we not to trust in? And this is why one of my favorite scriptures as well is Isaiah 55. I think it starts from verse 9 when he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. Because when I'm going through things, I'm like, okay, Lord, who am I? <laughs> I'm just me. You know so much more than me. Your thoughts are not my thoughts because you're a higher being than me. Your ways are not my ways. So as I'm going through the storm, I have to look to you. I have to rest in you to make sure it happens. I, I know I've mentioned this story um, in the past. When we're in Dartford and we're in the flat, we wanted to move because our family was growing. I was not content because I wanted to move. But I had to keep telling myself, Lord, who am I? You know how things are going to happen. You know when we're going to move. So why am I worrying? Why am I like, oh, what's going on? But it's because at the time we had, because we're on the top floor flat, at the bottom ground floor, we had a neighbor, we used to call him Big Man. And yeah, that's what we used to call him because Mecca used to scare the children. Big Man's going to come if you don't stop making noise. But, <laughs> but every time, you know, you have children running around. How old? Eden, when we moved, Eden must have been seven. So... That's when we moved. But at the time, you had a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a baby. They were all running ah, and making noise, banging, banging. And all you could hear is he would get a pole and <laughs> be, be um, banging on the ceiling so that we would stop making noise. That was the signal, stop making noise. So we were faced with these obstacles. We want to move, can't move for financial reasons. And we had children who, they're just doing their normal playing, and we had a neighbor, obviously he needs to, he, he's in, within his full rights to enjoy his property. But stop making noise, stop making noise. So we're faced with this, it's like frustration. But we just had to wait on the Lord. We just had to, because what else can we do? Are we going to borrow steel cheat? And I had a plan. Mecca's like, no, it's not happening. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you just have to wait. And so we did, and this is what, 
God says to us sometimes, we want to speed things up. We want to accelerate things. We know, yes, God wants it for us, but we want to accelerate things. But no, hold on. I know the end from the beginning. You take that route, it's going to take you twice as long. So just wait, rest in me. I want to um, speak about somebody who, when I think about his story, I think, wow. Lord, if only we could all be like this person. He went through so many trials, but he waited on God. Joseph, we all know him. If we went through half of what he went through, oh my goodness, I think we'll be traumatized. Your own family members selling you as a slave, you'd be traumatized, absolutely traumatized. I don't know. And then you're put in prison afterwards because somebody's coming on to you. Well, probably in this day and age, some people might be like, mm, okay, yeah, let's, you know, the wife's chasing you, like, okay, come on then. You wouldn't be running from him, but you'll probably be, you know, um, going along. But he didn't because he didn't want to sin against God. So, Joseph, as I said, he started off, he was sold as a slave, and he was falsely imprisoned because he was accused by Potiphar's wife of rape. But what did he do? He trusted God. I'm sure he had his dark days, but he trusted God. And there was favor upon him, absolute favor. When we know what God has said to us, because God did speak to him, showed him a dream about what was going to happen. When we know what God has said, he has shown us in a vision, in a dream, what he's going to do in our lives. Our focus should be okay then. Lord, we're going to focus on that. It doesn't mean because this is going to happen, this is, which is what happened for Joseph, that it's just going to be smooth sailing. It never is. Because to get to the other side, you need to go through some tests, go through some um, trials so that you can be made perfect for that position. You can be ready for that situation. And that's exactly what he had to go through. John chapter 10, verse 10. It says a thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come to give you life and life in abundance. And other um, versions say life in its fullness. As we meditate on this, we have to know that what God has put before us, we need to be focused on that and not focused on the obstacles. Focus on God and how he's going to get us through there. And if we're really truly believing that God knows our end from the beginning, we're going to allow him to direct our steps. Some of them, it's not great. That's what happened with Joseph. It's not great. But we just have to just walk with him, allow him to guide us every step of the journey. Okay. 
I haven't really gone too much into Joseph's story because we know the story, most of us know the story very well, but I just want to focus on some of the lessons that we can learn from his story. Nothing can stop God's plans. Absolutely nothing. When Joseph was um, sold as a slave, at that point, some of us would have thought, okay then, Lord, what's this about? Okay, um, I thought um, I was going to be ruling Egypt. What's, going, what's this? I've been sold as a slave now. And his brothers, who did not like him, because of um, he was his dad's favorite. They, did, they weren't keen on him. And also it was to get rid of him because, so that they could have the inheritance. They thought, okay then, this is what he's saying to us, that he's going to rule over us. Let's see who rules over whom now. Sold him as a slave. But did that stop God's plan? No, it didn't. Absolutely nothing I know that sometimes when we're going through things, we're like, but Lord, you said this, but Lord, you said that. And this is happening, that's happening. We, we get derailed in our minds. But we just need to be focused. Okay, then, Lord, this is what you're saying. So this is what I'm going to focus on, on you and how the journey is going to be. This is just a distraction. Yeah, we'll go through it. Nothing can stop God's plans. God's got our backs. And he's with us every moment. I will be with you wherever you go. And we need to remember that. When we think about Jesus, you know, the enemy thought that that was it. He's been crucified. But no. That was not the end. He resurrected. And what you find is that when we go through things, God is taking us on a journey. Just knowing that what he, the journey he's taken us, as, with, as was with Joseph, is for greater good. And you will go through greater battles for the greater good. Because Joseph's journey was, there was famine that was going to be taking place in Egypt. And he was going to be the answer. Because he was the one that was in charge, making sure things are done the way God has spoken to him about Jesus the same, yes, he's been crucified. Okay, yeah, he's been crucified. That's the end of Jesus. But no, he resurrected. And as a result, we are here today. We are here today. So nothing can stop God's plans. Also, another lesson to learn is that when we're going through hard times, God doesn't leave us alone. He's there with us. Sometimes we may not feel he's there because of what we're going through, because our head's in a different place. But he is there. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. He is there. And as with Joseph, God was with him. Genesis chapter 39, verse 2 to 6. Genesis chapter 39, verse 2 to 6. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, 
and the Lord gave him success in everything he did. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar, Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Can you imagine that favor? Joseph was left in charge. He wasn't questioned because he had God's favor upon him. When Joseph was in prison, he interpreted dreams for people. And God was with him because God gave him the anointing to be able to interpret the dreams. God was always there with him, orchestrating things for him and guiding him. But the key for us, as we allow God to use us and to help us, is to work with him, to obey. And the next point is integrity and obedience. It pleases God. If we're working with God, but we're not doing, he's saying, why don't you do this? Do it this way, do it that way. But we're going the opposite way. It's not going to work because we're not following what God wants us to follow. When he was faced with Potiphar's wife, she used to trouble him day after day for him to sleep with her. But he said no. After all what his master, which is the husband, had done for him, why would he do that? And above anything, everything else, he'll be sinning against God. How can I do that? He was an integrous man. He walked with God. So therefore, he wasn't going to do that. And we need that. We need to be integrous in our walk. And we need to be obedient to the things that the Lord is speaking to us about. He didn't want to dishonor God. As a leader as well, one of the things that Joseph found is that as a leader, God will test you. And that's another point. He will absolutely test you. God's not going to put you in certain positions and you're not going to go through anything. That's not going to happen. It's like you want to be a doctor. There are tests you have to go through. You have to study hard. You need to work hard to get to that place. Wherever you want to get to, there are tests you will go through. And as a leader, you will go through that. And Joseph had his own tests. When he was sold as a slave and he went to Potiphar's house, he was favored. He passed that test. He went to prison. 
who was favored by the prison warden because he was put in charge of other prisoners. Can you imagine going to prison and you're in charge, you're one of the prisoners and you're in charge of other prisoners? Wow, <laughs> that's favor. But that's a test because God saw that he was obeying him. He was doing the things that he should be doing. Genesis chapter 39, verse 23 says, The keeper of the house, the keeper of the house did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because, of, because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. God needs to, God wants to be sure that we can be faithful with the little things before he can give us even more. In everything that we do, we need to make sure we do excellent work. We give our very best, whether it's at work, whether as children, we're in school, Wherever we're at, we need to give our very best. Even here, where we're at, we come, we have service. We need to make sure that we're looking after it so that the Lord can bless us with our own building. I remember, um, this is a few years ago, I, was, I went to a family event and we were clearing up at the end and I was there, you know, cleaning, cleaning the kitchen. And one of my family members said to me, why are you doing it so much? It's enough. It's even more than what was, it's even cleaner than what was here before. You know, leave it. But my, um, my um, stance was, it's okay. Leave it better than how it was so that um, the people there will be like, oh, wow. Not for me, but they can, we, um, as you know, God can receive the glory because it's because of him that I'm doing that, not because of me. Peter's left to me, he's like, okay, let's just do two by two. But because of him, because you want to make God proud, you want to please him. You know, I was saying to, um, I think it was Eden this morning, that when you you say you really love somebody. It's like when, when you meet your spouse, you're, you're, you're happy, you just want to please them, you want to do everything for them. And that's how we need to be with our father, you know? He's the one that makes things happen for us. Because of him, we can enjoy things. So why not please him? Why not do our very best for him? Our hearts are there to please him. You know, let's do things um, that will honor him. And as we do these things and God sees that we're doing them, he will bless us with more, so much more. When Joseph was in prison and even in Potiphar's house as well, don't believe he was doing it for himself, but he was doing these things as God was in him and God was working in him. And as God is working in us, let us allow ourselves to do more for him. 
And we will see what he will do for us. He will bless us. Genesis, Genesis chapter 41, verse 38 to 41. So Pharaoh asked them, Can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I, will I be greater than you. That was the favor God, um, Joseph received. He was put in charge of everything. No questions asked. Absolutely none. I would like to be standing before God when it's that time and he can look at me and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Even now on earth as well, as I do, as we do, let's look for the Lord to say, well done, good and faithful servant. This is Matthew 25, 21. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Wouldn't that be lovely? That would be absolutely lovely. Whether you're at work, you have done a fantastic job, if you're over, um, managing a team of people, you're doing it well, you know, people can come to you, you can um, lead them in the work that they should be doing, you're able to speak to them, help them with different things that they're going through. Whatever it is, even at home as well, with your children, the family, as I'm saying it, I'm thinking, hmm, my children, they're going to be saying, oh, mom, let's come to you to say this and to say that. Hmm. Okay, right now it's like battles. <laughs> but we, we will get there. <laughs> we will get there, you know, but yeah. Another point to make is that a lesson to learn is to trust God. And that's exactly what Joseph did. Because he trusted God completely, he was able to fulfill the mandate that God has for him. Being sold as a slave, being sent to prison, that, I was about to say, that did not faze him. He may have, but it didn't seem to, um, it didn't seem to get in the way of what, what his vision was and where he needed to go. He was working with God. He trusted God implicitly, wholeheartedly in everything. And God was able to work with him. As we're going through, when, when we're on a journey and we're going through the storms, God normally has a bigger picture for us. He absolutely does. We don't always see it because things seem a bit hazy. 
But that's where the trust comes in and our faith is growing, thinking, you know what, Lord? I know you're here with me. I know you know my story. I know you know how it's going to end. So I'm just going to trust you and walk with you. And that's what Joseph was doing. And we need to do that. Not going to plan B or plan C because things are not working. Oh, we're going through this. This is not working. It's just sticking with God, sticking with what he's saying to us. And sometimes I find that even when I'm driving, sometimes I hit traffic. And I'm saying, Lord, okay, do I go find another route or do I stay here? And this is how a relationship with God is sometimes. Every time I'm in traffic, I'm saying, okay, then Lord, what is it going to be? And when I do find a plan B sometimes, it works out to be longer. Literally longer. And I have to speak to him, Lord, am I staying in this, in this route? You know, I hit traffic because there's some roadworks going on in Twiddle at the moment. And I go through that route. And I'm like, okay, should I move now? But I stayed and it wasn't really that long. I'm like, okay. And then the next day I was in it again. I was like, oh, I forgot this route. Should I go now, Lord? But I just stayed. Because sometimes it's, we need to stay. And that's how our, our, our journey with the Lord is. Just because we hit a roadblock doesn't mean we have to go to plan B. We have to stay where we're at. Because that's what God wants us to do. And there are lessons to be learned from that. Sometimes in our journey as well, the enemy wants, which is what happened with Joseph, the enemy wants bad for us. He wants things to go a certain way so that we can not focus on God. We can look to the wrong things. In Genesis 50, verse 19 to 21, it says, in fact, let me just, yeah, I'll start from here. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is, what is now being done, the saving of many lives. The enemy sometimes wants bad for us. For things to go wrong. Because from the very start of Joseph's life, the enemy intended bad for him. But God, God turned it around. And that's what he can do for each one of us. It's not focusing on those obstacles, not focusing on the storm, not focusing on those trials that we're going through, but focusing on what God is saying, what he has said, and he's standing on his word. Another lesson to learn is to rely on God's guidance. 
relying on his guidance. When we rely on what God is saying, he takes us in the right journey. When we start creating our own journeys, it takes us a bit longer to get to the place that we need to get to. It takes us twice as long, and sometimes we don't get to where we need to get to, and frustration kicks in. And I find as well that in our journey, God brings people our way, which is what happened with Joseph. He was in prison. He met one of um, he met one of Pharaoh's um, workers, and he interpreted a dream for him. And that person was pardoned, and he went back to work for Pharaoh. And when Pharaoh needed a dream interpreted, he called upon jo- that the worker remembered Joseph and how he interpreted the dream and he called upon Joseph. Sometimes God brings alliances, relationships of people our way and they're going to help us to get to where God wants us to get to. And we we don't always understand, oh why, you know, how how come how how did this happen, this relationship with this person? but it's for a reason. Or sometimes even things happen, situations happen, and we're like, why am I going through this? Why? But then later on, it makes sense why that particular thing has happened. That's why we need God's guidance, and we need to make sure that we're focused on him. If we chose our own pathway, boy, that would be something else. So we need Lord to help us to choose, to, to make a pathway for us. Okay, time's gone. Another point which is very key as well, and I know we've all been through this, is learning the lesson of forgiveness. Just having, with what happened with Joseph, he was sold as a slave. For some people, you you know, that's the end. How can you sell me? You're my sibling and my my flesh. Well, they they weren't all, he was, they they were half brothers, but we're, we're all from the same dad. You're my sibling. How can you do that to me? That's recipe for, I'm not talking to you. I'm not going to forgive you. But Joseph did. He absolutely did. When the time came, he did. And that's something that we need to remember. I say to people at times that when it comes to forgiveness... For me, selfish reasons that I do it in the sense of that when I stand before God, I don't want him to judge me for not forgiving. 
And also, when I think about it, when you're holding unforgiveness in your heart, you're the one that's feeling a certain way. You're the one that's feeling funny. Meanwhile, sometimes the person, they're just going about their business. And I'm like, okay, um, I'm the one that's going through stress. I'm the one that's going through pain. I'm the one that's going through hurt. Lord, please just help me to get over this. No. So that's why I'm saying it's for selfish reasons that I do it. Because I want to spend my eternity with the Lord. I don't want anyone to come and mess up my eternity. You know? When, when you look at it, you've done, you know, you've been a good Christian. You've done all the nice things. You've done all the things that you're supposed to do. And this one thing is holding you. It's nothing. It's like all the, all the good works you've done. What's that about? But yeah, we definitely need to make sure that we are forgiving those we need to forgive. And the grace was upon um, Joseph. He'd been through so much already. Forgiving was the last part. I'm just going to finish with this point. The final point that I want to focus on is that we need to focus on our, the promises of God as opposed to the obstacles. The promises of God, they're going to draw us closer to what God wants for us. When Moses was um, choosing spies to go and spy the land before they went into the promised land, um, he sent... Um, I think it was 12 people and two of them were Caleb and Joshua. I can hear my phone alarming. Um, Caleb and Joshua. And when they came back, the people gave a report. But Caleb and Joshua gave more of a positive report because of how their minds were focused on God whilst the others gave quite a negative report because they were focused on the giants of the land. And let me just quickly read. Numbers chapter 14, verse 8 to 9. It says, If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Their focus was more on God as opposed to the obstacle. Yes, we can see things are happening. Yes, we know it's there. It's a reality. But our focus is on God because he's the one that's going to get us through this. So focus on the promises of God as opposed to the obstacle that you're faced with. Amen? Amen. My time has gone. I want us to bow our heads and pray. Father Lord, we commit your children into your hands. And Lord, we just pray for each one. 
Father, Lord, I pray that those of us who are focused on our storms, our trials, our battles, and not on you, I pray, Father God, that you will help us. Through the teaching, Father God, you will help us to be focused more on you. Father, Lord, I pray for the spirit of Joseph to fall upon us in dealing with our battles, having a heart for you, working with you, Father God, being obedient, being integrous, Father Lord. I pray that you will have your way in how we see things, how we do things, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. As we go forth into our week, Father God, I pray that your word, oh God, will transform us. Your word, oh God, will bring forth many of your blessings in helping us, oh God, to see you as our one and only, the one who sees the end from the beginning, the one who will help us through the different battles that we go through. So Lord, I pray that you will have your way and transform us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.